Hey, welcome to the Victory Family Church Podcast. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. Aren't you glad to be together on Christmas Eve? And a good, what a blessing. Pastor uh, John is on the lead pastor here. It's such a joy to be with you. And, you know, as we come together to celebrate Christmas, it's my hope. The, the story you just heard from, from Toot and, and how God redeemed his life, that's really what Jesus came to do is not to have a church service and start a religion and give you something to do on the Christmas holiday because you're not busy enough. So we just give his birthday and make you work till you wish his birthday was over. No, no, he came to redeem human beings. And I love his story because it's a picture of the goodness and the love and the mercy and the grace of God. So I want to pray for us as I take us into just for a few minutes into God's word today. And by the way, all the kids that are in here, if you're like, whatever, 10 and under, whatever, you make a little noise, it's okay. Kids, yell at me now, wave at me. All the kids in the room, make some noise. Come on. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Now, Listen, you guys, you can, you can chill a little bit if you want to, but here's the deal. I'm working on being a grandpa. I don't have any grandkids yet, but I want to just feed you candy. Here's the deal. All you kids, here's the deal. Here, this is important. Eat candy right before bed. It will help you sleep. <laughs> right from your pastor. Yes, Jesus. No, no, listen to your folks. Sneak some candy anyway. All right, so let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for the precious people here in this place. Whether they've come in their hearts toward you and they've walked with you for years, or maybe they've come just because it's a tradition and it's Christmas. I ask that you, you show up for real in their life. You are the God of all creation and you're alive. And we come together to celebrate your amazing love, a sacrifice unimaginable given for man. And I pray that you would surround every person no matter how they've come here, whatever they're facing, whatever they're going through, that you would lift them to the place of your love for them. In Jesus' name, amen. I just want to take you into, into God's word for a moment. And, and the title of this is simply this, that the Savior wasn't a secret. Christmas is celebrated around the world. We divide our time by it, A.D., B.C. We're soon to have a new year. It actually denotes that Jesus lived on the earth by the way we count our time. And yet many people understand Christmas, quote, at the holiday, but they've never, ever, ever had any kind of relationship with God because of Jesus. And it's my hope that if you're one of those people, that you have an understanding of, of why he really came and what he really wants out of your life, for your life, because of his amazing, amazing love for you. From the beginning of God's interaction with mankind, when sin stained the, the heart of man and all human beings, all of us have tasted sin and that sin has separated us from God because he's holy and he's righteous. And there's nothing I can do and there's nothing you can do to make yourself right again, nothing. But God's mercy is so overwhelming that he judged us guilty, but then he said, I will come and put myself in a human body for one reason, so that I can pour out my wrath on myself. I will judge myself in your place I will take your punishment and throughout the entirety of the Old Testament all 39 books and every one of the 39 books of the Old Testament are prophecies that point to Jesus over 300 of them now the amazing thing about this they were written over a 1,000 year period of time from people of different cultures and backgrounds and languages quoting both men and women 
And, and this came together in such a way that these prophecies referring to Jesus were all fulfilled by one man in 33 years. And I would just want to stop for a moment and ask you to consider this. That I want you to consider evidence that demands a verdict in your life. I hear people all the time talk about, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm too educated to believe in a, a, a virgin birth. That's, you know, that's a myth and, and it's a story. I understand why you might think that. I also understand, I hear people say a lot of things about the veracity of the scripture. But I want to give you just a little bit of evidence about, about God not doing this in secret. 39 books of the Old Testament, 300 prophecies pointing to one man who fulfilled them in 33 years. Just if 58 of those were fulfilled by one man. Consider this, these, these prophecies giving over a thousand years, all of them being congruent with one another. From where he would be born to where he would die to how he would grow up to manner in which he would die. It's, it's almost some certain scriptures in the Old Testament, if I read them to you, you would think I was reading from the New Testament. And God pointed again and again and again that a Savior would be coming. If he just had fulfilled only 58 of those prophecies, one man in 33 years, the likelihood of that happening would be 1 in 10 to the 157th power. That's what the number looks like. Now, if you're looking for evidence, I think you, you, it's very difficult to bypass that. Now, when you consider that there were 300 and there is no way to calculate the likelihood of that. So, now listen, I wasn't good at math. I just knew who to sit by, day of the test. Anybody like me make the top half of the class possible? Okay, all you top half of the class people, you're nothing without us. You stand on our shoulders. But for one man to fulfill all 333 years is one, and the symbol is, an up, is a sideways number eight, which means infinity. There is no way to calculate it. That's evidence that demands a verdict. And it's not evidence that demands a religious verdict. It's an evidence of the love of God that is so overwhelming that that's my hope that you see today as we celebrate the birth of a Savior. It's not a religion and not some, some thing you do over a holiday but that you understand the depths of the love of the Father for you, that he sent his son to die for you. And, and the truth of it is that Jesus, the Savior, wasn't a secret at the time of his birth. Very quickly, I'm going to take you through how he was pronounced as he was being born into the earth. Jesus did not live privately and he did not die privately. But when the first announcement came as Jesus was about to be conceived of a virgin through a man named Zechariah, and Zechariah was a priest, and he was actually in the temple serving. Zechariah was to become the father of John the Baptist with his wife Elizabeth. And so you see, John, it was, Elizabeth and, and Zechariah were old and, and had never been able to conceive a child. And an angel appears to him while he's serving in the temple, and he says, your wife is going to bear a child who could never conceive in her old age. And I want you to listen to what he said to Zechariah. Luke chapter 1 verse 17, the angel said, your son John will make ready a people prepared for the Messiah. And if you read that in greater context, he said, your son is going to be the forerunner of Messiah and you're to name him John. And so God begins to announce this was not done in secret. And then when Mary conceived, she immediately went and stayed three months with her cousin Elizabeth. And upon entering 
Elizabeth's home, when Elizabeth saw Mary, I want you to see that both Elizabeth and John within her womb recognized Jesus. In Luke 1 verse 41, it said, when John's mother Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And in a loud voice, she exclaimed, blessed are you among women and blessed is the child that you will bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord should come to me? And as soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. Jesus is so amazing that the child John in the womb recognized him. It's my hope that God, by the same power of the Holy Spirit, helps you to recognize why the son came for you. And the same John that pronounced him then would pronounce him today. Behold the Lamb of God who will bear your sin, my sin, the sin of the world. Mary herself, of course, you know the story. The angel appeared to her and he told her that in, 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 in Luke chapter 31, uh, one, chapter 1, verse 31, he said, The angel said, Mary, you will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and be called the Son of the Most High God. And Mary said, I don't know a man. How can this be? And he said, the Holy Spirit himself will overshadow you and that which you born of you will be called the son of God. She said, be it to me according to what you said. And she conceived of a virgin. So I'm a bit too educated for that. Please don't take this offensively. You're just a bit too educated. Because when your eternity hangs in the balance and you let your eternity rest in the books and minds of other human beings that live and die when a savior has paid this type of debt. I pray that God, by the power of his Holy Spirit, the same one that filled Elizabeth, the same one that filled John, the same one that filled, if you will, Zechariah, announcing him that he will deal with your heart to understand the price that was paid was for you because of, of God's great love for you. Joseph, who was engaged at the time to be married, to Mary, finds out she's pregnant and like most people, who have never had a, a, a sexual relationship with their fiance and she comes up pregnant is wondering how. You don't have to look at me in that tone of voice. That's what he was wondering. He's like, I didn't do it. And the Bible said he was going to break the engagement privately because he was a just man and he didn't want to expose her to shame. And imagine Mary's conversation with Joseph when she says, God did it. Joseph wasn't buying it. How do you know that? I can, show, I can show you. I want you to see this wasn't done in secret. Listen, in Matthew chapter 1, verse 20, after Joseph had considered breaking the engagement to Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son. You are to give his name Give him the name Jesus because, listen, he will save his people from their sins. And all this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet, the prophet Isaiah. This is a prophecy I'm about to read you, 700 years old. That the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. 700 years before the birth of Jesus, the prophet Isaiah said the day will come when a woman who is a virgin will conceive a child, but it will be the son of God, God with us. And after the birth of Jesus, the shepherds came. Again, this was not done in secret. In Luke 2 verse 10, the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that shall be for all people. Today in the town of David, a savior a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, Messiah. 
And then we have the Magi or the kings that came from the east, traveling at a minimum of 400 miles with a caravan. At a minimum, it took three to four weeks and perhaps longer as they followed that star to the king of kings and the Lord of lords. In Matthew 2, verse 10, it said, when they, the Magi, saw the star, they were filled with joy. They entered the house, saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and they worshiped him. Then they opened their treasure chest and gave him gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh. There's so much to be said of the Magi, but the reality of it is, this wasn't done in secret. Then at the dedication of Jesus, this wonderful day when, according to the Jewish law, they were commanded to bring Jesus to the temple to be dedicated. And there was a woman named Anna who was a prophetess, who, whose husband died about four or five years after they were married. And then for the rest of her life, she prayed and fasted day and night at the temple. And now she's an old woman. So Jesus is being brought in by his mother and father as he's just a baby. And in Luke 2, 38, she, Anna, came along just as Simeon, of which we'll talk about in just a moment in closing. But she came along just as Simeon was talking with Mary and Joseph, and she began, to pra she began praising God. And she talked about the child to everyone who had been ex waiting expectantly for God to rescue Jerusalem, and not rescue Jerusalem from Roman oppression, but to rescue Jerusalem, to rescue the Jewish nation, to rescue humanity from the stain of sin. But I want to stop and rest a bit when a man named Simeon showed up at the dedication of Jesus. And he said things to Mary that, that were, are so devastating when you hear them. And the question people ask, how many of you love the song, Mary, Did You Know? The answer is no. She didn't know. She only knew what she was told. That she would conceive a child without the aid of a man and that child would be the son of God and she honored and obeyed God and that is all she knew. Which makes what she did even more amazing. And she's bringing him into the temple and she's bringing him just as every Jewish family would do. It was... It was just common everyday things and that she's about to be interrupted by a man named Simeon and in Luke 2 verse 25 it said at that time there was a man in Jerusalem named Simeon he was he was righteous and devout and was eagerly waiting for the Messiah that's the Savior to come and rescue Israel the Holy Spirit was upon him and had revealed to him that he would not die until he had seen the Lord's Messiah that day the Spirit led him to the temple. So when Mary and Joseph came to present the baby, Jesus, to the Lord as the law required, Simeon was there. And he took the child in his arms and praised God and said, I want you to see the picture. Simeon, God told him in his heart, you won't die before you see Messiah. The Holy Spirit says, now go to the temple today. He's waiting. And in walks Mary and Joseph like a normal family with their baby. He walks over to them and he takes the infant out of Mary's arms and he's holding this child. Now imagine a stranger doing that for you. But obviously the presence of God was real. They're standing in the temple and Simeon is holding her child. And I want you to listen to what he said. He praising God, he said, Oh Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation. Remember, this salvation is not a church. It's not good and bad works. Salvation is a person. He said, I've seen your salvation, which you have prepared for 
all people, not just the Jews, but every human being that will ever live. He is a light to reveal God to all nations. And he is the glory of your people Israel. Now listen, Jesus' parents were amazed at what was being said about him. Then Simeon blessed them. And then he said to Mary, the baby's mother, this child. Now he's holding her, her, her son. And he's, before he gives Jesus back to Mary, he says, this child, this child is destined to cause many in Israel to fall. But he will be a joy to many others. He has been sent as a sign from God, but many will oppose him. As a result, the deepest thoughts of many hearts will be revealed. And then the last sentence before he gives her back, gives him back. And a sword will pierce your very own soul. It's not what you want to hear about your child at his dedication. He's, and, and Simeon doesn't know what the angel ter, told her. Mary's pondering these things in her heart. And he, she's listening what can this mean? And then he says, the day will come when this child, what will happen to him will literally be like a sword piercing through you. And Mary had no idea what it would mean, but some 30 years later, she would find out as she watched her only, her, her, not her only son, but her firstborn, if you will, all God, all man die on a cross. The loss of a child for anyone who's experienced it, of which I have not from everyone I've spoken to is one of the most debilitating, grievous things you can face in life. Imagine being told that your child is the son of God and it ends with him dying on a cross and you don't understand why. And you watch your child not get news of his death, but you watch him tortured and crucified and wonder what could this be? What pierced Mary's heart was was this unimaginable act that would occur that God would so love you that he would literally put himself in a human body but for one reason so that the, the son of God could grow up and be sinless and when he hung on that cross a sinless spotless lamb as John the Baptist announced him to be the lamb of God who will bear my sin your sin the sin of the whole world and when he hung on that cross innocently that, and his blood was spilled like the lambs for so many years were offered up. All of the wrath of God that was due me fell to him. And then he died in my place. And he was buried and then he rose from the dead. And he offers you what the Bible can, calls a free gift. Remember this, a gift that is earned is no longer free. What Jesus died to provide cannot be earned no matter what you do, good no matter how long you do it, no matter what church you go to, no church can make you right with God. None of them, including this one. No sacrament of any church, including this one. There is only one way to eternal life, Jesus said, and that's through him. It's not because of his teaching. It's because he was the only one that could pay your debt. And when he hung on that cross and God's wrath fell to him, he paid the debt that you couldn't pay. And he paid a debt that he didn't owe. And it was all born out of the love of the Father. God so loved humanity that he sent his very own son to die for you and me. And Jesus went on to say, for I did not come into the world to condemn it, but that through me the world might have life. The question I want to leave you with today before we celebrate and, and worship and sing Silent Night and, and fill this room with candles that are lit, representing the light of the world, is a simple question. What will you do with Jesus? Not religion. 
not your past, not what you've done right, wrong, whatever. This life is so short and someday your breath will stop and you will face God in eternity. The only question that will matter is what did you do with Jesus? The scripture tells you this about him in 2 Corinthians. It says, thank God for Jesus, God's son, the gift too wonderful for words. He is called the unspeakable gift. In a few short hours, maybe in some of our homes this evening, Christmas Eve, certainly tomorrow morning, gifts are going to be opened. For you little ones in the room, Santa going to bring you some stuff, and your parents are great Santa helpers. Believe me, they are. They help Santa a lot. Now, I want you to imagine what it would be like for a parent or a grandparent, or perhaps you have a child in your life that you love, and you do all the things you do to present that morning and your child runs down the steps, they go into the room of the gifts, and you know what it took to put them there, and your child ignores every one of them. And they leave the room, and they just go on their way. And they never open one of them, ever. As a parent, you would be like, what? Jesus is the gift that remains unopened for most people who celebrate his, his, his birthday. He is the unspeakable gift, but God forces no one to come to him it's a choice and Jesus so loved you and me that he paid your debt and mine and I want to pray for you and give you the opportunity with every head bowed and every eye closed if today you were to leave this earth do you know where you would spend eternity because there is no way that you will ever be able to pay for your own sin there are only one of two options to every human life you will die in your sin and pay for it yourself eternally or you will die redeemed from your sin because someone else paid for you. Jesus, the unspeakable gift, has he been opened in your life? Have you received him into your heart and into your life? He's alive, and he's alive forevermore. He, will, he, he, he rose from the dead never to taste death again, and he offers you eternal life. He offers me eternal life, and I want to give you the opportunity to pray and invite Christ into your heart. He turns no one away. In fact, in the book of Revelation, he said, I knock at the door of your heart and your life. If you will open, if you choose me, I will come. He turns no one away. And he said, and I will intimately dine with you. God wants to have an intimacy with you. He doesn't just want to release you from your sin to stomach you. He wants to bring you into his kingdom to make you his son and his daughter. And your sin is if it never existed before. That's what a savior does. My prayer today is that you celebrate the birth of a savior by receiving him if you haven't done that. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, in a moment I'll ask you to respond through an uplifted hand. I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to call on you or make you stand. I'm simply asking you to acknowledge in a few short moments if you desire to receive Jesus into your heart to be the Lord and Savior of your life. And then if you do, then we will all pray a prayer out loud together with you. Not some dead religious prayer, but a prayer inviting the living Christ into your broken life and he turns no one away he will make you brand new your sin debt will be canceled and you will be heaven bound when you die because of what he did for you and the free gift of eternal life you've chosen to receive on Christmas Eve so with every head bowed and every eye closed you'd say I don't know that I've ever invited Christ into my heart I'm not asking you if you're religious if you've gone to a church if you've had sacraments of a church if you're a good person all of that is wonderful none of it will make you a Christian and get you heaven have you ever knowingly invited Christ into your heart? He only comes into our lives by invitation. Have you never done that? Or if you aren't sure, I want to give you the opportunity to pray with me. To invite Christ in your heart. 
So with every head bowed and every eye closed, you'd say, Pastor, I, I want to know that I've received the one who died for me and loved me like this. And I want eternal life, the free gift that Jesus died to provide for me. And I want to receive him into my life. With every head bowed and every eye closed, say, Pastor, include me in that prayer. Would you just lift your hand real high where I can see it? Do it right now. And I'll pray for you. Do it right now. Right now. It's between you and God. I'm not going to single you out. Thank you. God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Your hands everywhere. Let me ask one last time. Because you can see I'm not going to single anyone out. I'm not going to embarrass you. With every head bowed and every eye closed. If you've never invited Christ into your life or you're not sure. Say, Pastor, I really do want to be included in that prayer. I've not yet raised my hand. Include me as well. Just lift your hand high where I can see it. And I'll pray for you also. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. You can put your hands back down. I want you to pray a prayer out loud. And the Son of God will come into your life and make you brand new. And we're all going to pray it out loud together with you. So pray it out loud where you hear it, with your very own ears. And Jesus will come into your heart. What an amazing way to celebrate Christmas Eve, to receive the Christ of Christmas, the unspeakable gift. Pray this out loud where you, you hear it with your own ears. We'll all pray it together with you. Say, Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I believe with all of my heart that Jesus died for my sins he was buried and he rose from the dead offering me eternal life Jesus you are the son of God you paid my sin debt thank you for loving me I open the door of my heart and life and I receive you now to be the savior of my life and the Lord of my life I will follow you all the days of my life your love is so great for me. Thank you for coming. I am now a child of God. My sin debt is totally canceled. And when I die, I'm heaven bound because Jesus is the Lord of my life. Amen. 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 God bless you. Give them a hand, would you? Best decision of your life. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Victory Family Church. If you enjoyed listening, please take a moment to rate, review, and share. For more resources, including locations and service times, please visit lifeatvictory.com.